Coffee Break, where Helena comes to talk. Thanks for joining us this morning. Coffee Break brought to you by Versant Real Estate Group. If you have a property that fits the needs of their buyers, call David at Versant, 459-8565. Troy Shockley with you this morning. And in the studio, we've got uh, Lewis and Clark County Commissioner Andy Hunthausen. Uh, sir, thanks for taking the time to come on over and hang out with us today. Good morning. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's always fun when you stop by. We always have a lot to talk about and certainly a lot to talk about right now. And uh, one thing I wanted to sort of uh, rewind to, to start out a little bit and uh, turn back the clock a little bit because you were heavily involved in uh, in the census. And that, of course, now done. Uh, we it, it was difficult this year. I mean, it, they, they did not make it easy on you this year. Right. Uh, very much a challenge. Uh, we had a local census complete count committee, and I had the honor of being one of the chairs, myself and Mayor Shell from East Helena. And uh, in the end, uh, Commissioner Emily Dean from the city of Helena. And we had a committee here, and we worked hard, and we just really appreciate the folks coming out and responding to the census. We did well as a community. We did well as a county. We did well as a state, as you can see, and you've heard in yeah. the news that uh, we've now gained a, a seat in Congress, which is uh, Yeah, how big a deal is that? I mean, uh, you know, I, I think people understand in general, like, oh, that's neat. But it's not just neat. I mean, that, that's a big deal. It's a really big deal. Uh, not only... Do we have another seat there? But it it enhances the voice of Montana, and it enhances the voice of Montana in a more uh, targeted way as well. So our state will be split into two large districts instead of one. So, uh, you know, folks in, let's say, the east and the west, I don't know exactly where the boundary is going to right. be. I can guess that it's going to be generally east and west. But the eastern part of the state will be able to focus on their issues and work with their representative and, and elect the person that— best meets their needs or their interests, and the West will be able to do the same. And uh, sometimes those interests will align, sometimes they won't, but uh, it, it does give our state an opportunity in Congress to have a stronger voice and, uh, you know, a more in-depth, uh, be a more in-depth part of the conversation, I guess, as, yeah. as issues come yeah. to the table. Montana certainly a I mean, it was the largest congressional district. Right. I mean, it was obviously huge. And so the census, one of those things where I, I guess we always want more people to uh, let, let their, their number be counted, right? But we, right. we got enough, and, and we did pretty well considering the circumstances we were under. Boy, we did. I, I was, uh, you know, really questioning whether we'd meet our goals or not, and we did. And, you know, with the pandemic and, and folks having to scramble to try and get out there and get people to— to fill out their census and participate, um, uh, we did well. I think the the folks that worked on the census, you know, kudos to them. But the community that responded, I just really appreciate the them yeah. coming forward. And this was the first time people could do it online as well, which made a big difference. I think. Yeah, so you have to feel good about that being a part yeah. of something that was ultimately clearly successful. Absolutely. Yeah. And now, now you're in charge of drawing the map. Is that? Yeah. <laughs> well, some days I wish, most <laughs> days not. No, yeah. I, yeah. I don't want to have anything to do with it. <laughs> yeah. So that's the next step. Now we, we we got the count and we got enough folks, and so we've got more representation in D.C. But now we've got to figure out exactly what that looks like, and then the, uh, of course, the election for that second uh, congressman is going to be November of 2022. Correct. So that's coming up. So election. Right. It's going to make another crazy election season. Right. Why not? It will be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Commissioner Andy Hunthausen with us on Coffee Break this morning. And, uh, of course, you know, 
we can't help but put it in the spotlight because that's what we've been looking at for the last year and a half now is COVID. I mean, the county seems to be doing pretty well. I mean, you're, you're talking with health officials I know all the time and, and, and various city and, and county officials. What does it look like in the county right now as far as COVID? And, and I guess the, the trend, I mean, where, where does it look like we're heading? So uh, first of all, yes, it is. Our county's been doing generally well. We, we really have been doing well. But we're not, we're not necessarily out of the woods. And there's, it's not like it's over. And it's not yeah, like we're not done. <laughs> right, we're not done, and it's not like there are no cases. So we still have uh, significant cases. We've even in recent weeks had people in the hospital, and we've even had people pass away from COVID. Um, but uh, things are looking good in general. I mean, really looking good. And you know, uh, we are uh, living with not only the COVID piece and what's been happening the last year, but then the legislative session and how that's changed our response to COVID. So. We, all of that combined has been uh, challenging in the last few weeks. However, you know, with, with the numbers dropping and more people getting vaccinated, we are really looking good. And if if more people get vaccinated that, you know, are on the fence or just saying, ah, it's an inconvenience, I'm just, you know, haven't right. gotten to it yet. If they get out there and do it, the faster we, you know, open up fully and the conversation completely goes away uh, and that we can we can move on with our lives and have this chapter be behind us. We're going to be dealing with COVID into the future. Obviously, it's not going to go away. It'll be something more like uh, how we respond to the flu, maybe. That's the hope. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah that's the hope. But uh, right now, it still still exists. Though the mask mandates, you know, they're, they're uh, uh, limited now to those businesses or organizations that want to uh, continue to have those mandates, the recommendations still exist. So the CDC and local health Officials are saying, if you're not vaccinated, um, you should probably still consider wearing a mask. Um, and it is recommended that you do so, especially in groups, not outside necessarily, mm. but in, like in a grocery store, if you're going to go to a concert or, um, you know, be in a, a group that uh, of parents at a school ball game or something like that, that it makes sense because uh, the potential for an unvaccinated person to spread the virus is still right. is still there. And uh, it. You know, even though you're vaccinated, the likelihood of you getting it or getting uh, very ill from the disease is pretty slight. It still exists for some, and especially those that might be compromised. So, you know, we still want to take those precautions and we still want to move forward, but we're moving closer and closer to yeah. normal. Yeah, and it's good. So a couple of things there. I mean, I guess first you talked about the vaccines. We are done in the county with, at least at this point, with the mass vaccination, you know, out at the fairgrounds. Right. Uh, we, we sort of had that last one when uh, the, the younger kids were able to go out there. Um, how I, I guess look back at that, and uh, I guess for lack of a better term, give it a grade. I mean, how, how do you think we did with those mass vaccination clinics in the county? Boy, when you compare us to the rest of the state and to the nation, we we got an A plus. Yeah, I mean, we did really well. Our our uh, vaccination clinics were organized and uh, well run, and I don't think I got one piece of feedback that was negative about the clinics. I got a lot of positive feedback saying, wow, these guys did a great job. Please tell them thank you. All of those kinds of things. So uh, really good work. And we 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 covered a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, we, we had a lot of people in our in our community. And now uh, folks have a broad range of opportunities for vaccination. Just about every pharmacy and uh, clinic and of course the hosp- hospital clinics, Peerview, and the health department still out there giving shots. And they have a, a 
shot van, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the little and, mobile pop-up. Yeah, mobile yeah. van, and they're they're moving all over the community, um, trying to uh, hit those spots where people are and make it convenient for folks. So if you're one of those that, heck, I'd get it, but I'm not gonna, you know, take an hour off work or you know, right. go to the fairgrounds at nine o'clock at night or seven o'clock, whatever that, you know, I'm right. just making right. that up. But I. Uh, They'll come to you, and and they'll be around, and you need to get vaccinated when you can. It's free, it's effective, it's safe, um, and and I gotta tell you, I'm a guy that, that needles are my thing. Like it just, I, my blood pressure will rise when I see one. It's involuntary. I can't help it. I barely felt this thing, and I always, I you know, I'm gripping the chair, you know, the the, the armrest of chairs, and right. this one didn't even barely felt it, and you know, so if that's that's what you're worried about. It's a really small needle, and uh, that's not going to be a problem. And I know there are people out there going, well, I just, I've heard all the horror stories about people f- feeling terrible for a couple of days. Yeah, I didn't feel great for a couple of days, but I, I think it's better than the alternative. And if you get lucky like I did, I almost always feel bad after a vaccination, and this time nothing on either shot. Yeah, and I Kurt Kittleson the- didn't have anything either. <laughs> I he was giving me a hard time that my arm hurt, <laughs> and uh, he says, I, I had nothing. So, I mean, I guess it's just luck of the draw, but, right. you know, it's, right. it's really better than the alternative. So uh, no mass vaccination clinics going on out at the fairgrounds, but they did a great job out there. Uh, my second trip through, I actually spoke with a lady. She's a traveling nurse that was helping out out there. And she said, uh, I've been in Los Angeles helping there. And she said it was a disaster. Mm-hmm. She, she was marveling at how well and how efficient uh, things were run here. And uh, she said, yeah, you, you guys don't realize how good this is out here. So somebody coming in from outside the community saw it and was uh, was just glowing with, with recommendations. So that's got to feel good, too, for you as, as county representative to go, look what we did. It, it worked. Absolutely. Uh, you know, this really hard time, really hard year for everyone. And when you have kind of a bright spot in the whole thing in terms of uh, how it was organized, how quickly it was put together and, and how well people did and then you know the stories like you just described uh we heard those over and over again Mm -hmm. similar stories people calling writing sending emails saying thank you thank you this was great boy much better experience than i've heard from family in other places or other communities we had many counties calling us asking us what are you doing how are you doing it can we copy what you're doing can you show us what what to do and uh so we were really a a model for the state and uh i've just can't give enough kudos to the folks that yeah. put it together and really appreciate the partnerships. Lewis and Clark County Commissioner Andy Hunthausen with us on Coffee Break. And uh, we're, we're going to take a break here in a few minutes. But you, you mentioned uh, the masking thing. And I know that's something that there's confusion about that, not just necessarily in the city or the county, just everywhere. You know, people seem to be confused because there's different rules, different regulations. And uh, so it does get confusing. But right now, uh, in the city and in the county, there's no mask mandate right i know it became confusing and a little bit messy because of the new law passed and it was sort of, it was sort of talked about at one of the meetings of well we'd, we'd like to lift this thing but legally i don't know if we have the authority because there wasn't a city county interagency group that could do that do we have to still form that if the health department is now not they've announced that they're not enforcing it do we have to worry about the formation of that group well we do because um the law says we do, but also uh, because, you know, for future decisions that the Board of okay. Health might have to make, um, you know, and we, technically we still are in a national state of emergency, a state state of emergency, mm-hmm. and, a, and a local state of emergency around this pandemic. So if there are future decisions the Board of Health has to make or the health officer, we have to have that 
local governing body to kind of uh, review that and, and ap approve it or, or agree with those decisions. And that's what 121 says. And um, so that, that was part of the problem. It's a little bit confusing. That law was passed and signed, and so we were under that. So we couldn't even lift the mask mandate right. if we wanted to because those decisions had to be reviewed by that local governing body and that hadn't been formed yet. And then another bill passed that essentially took away the uh, enforcement powers of local uh, health officers on businesses to uh, enforce the mask mandate. And so it was just said that that still remains. When, when we have this body um, uh, formed, they'll take that up and make that decision but in the meantime we're not going to enforce so the sort of mandate. a technicality so at this point that it's actually right. the official mandate is still in place but you know it we're is, not going to do anything about it right and so there okay. is no enforcement power and so it's left to the businesses to decide whether um, they think it's important to have to to have masks on and if uh, you know they they want to uh, pursue that in addition the recommendations remain that Masks are one of the simplest and easiest ways to keep from transferring this this virus to one another. Especially if you're a carrier, um, you know that that remains the case. So those that are not vaccinated is still a strong recommendation that you wear a mask to protect those around you and to be respectful to your neighbors and respectful to those that might be vulnerable. So in terms of the formation of that committee, it's not now maybe as emergent as we've got to get this done now to get this thing figured out, but it, the process is still ongoing. Is there a timeline for that? Or when will we have that, that group formed? So we just had a meeting with uh, East Helena and Helena, uh, and because it's an interlocal agreement, mm -hmm. that interlocal agreement has to be reopened and talked about, and and uh, where would we like to go? So there were representatives from each of those entities at a meeting. Uh, they're taking back uh, the discussions had there to the larger commissions, and they're going to continue to visit, and we're trying to do as quickly as possible, continue to visit about what kind of uh, what what that governing body would look like? Would it be the county commission that plays that role? Would it be a you know commissioner from East Helena, Helena, and and the county that play that role? Uh, it just leaves it up to to the local governing bodies to decide what that local governing body will look like. Um, so we have to decide that. There are a bunch of ideas that were put forth, and now we'll kind of uh, work through those and negotiate. Which ones? Which of those ideas meet the law, and then we'll kind of take it back to the larger group and discuss and discuss and yeah. sort it out, and then we'll we'll decide. Then we have to rewrite that agreement, and then we have to change the bylaws to the of the board of health, and then that governing body will be reviewing future. So what you're saying is there's decisions. some still some work to be done here, Andy. Right, <laughs> it's a process. It's, it's so a complicated process. Anytime yeah. the law changes, you have to. It's a process to go right. through to, to meet the requirements of yeah. the law, so we're trying to do that. Lewis and Clark County Commissioner Andy Hunthausen with us on Coffee Break, and we're going to send it to commercial really quick, but then we'll be back with more after this. I just wanted to step away from the show for a few seconds to tell you that if you miss an episode, you can always catch up. We're on iTunes, so find our show there or swing by coffeebreak959.podbean.com. Local and area events, city, state, and national officials, your neighbors doing incredible things. We talk to them all on Coffee Break, where Helena comes to talk. 
in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, we deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across Montana. Ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com security. Welcome back. This is Coffee Break. Thanks for hanging out with us this morning. The show brought to you by Versant Real Estate Group. Finding the perfect buyer for your home doesn't have to be daunting. Call David at Versant, 459-8565. Lewis and Clark County Commissioner Andy Hunthausen sticking with us this morning for about 10 more minutes. And uh, something that's always exciting to talk about, Andy, is uh, well, it's, it's budget time. <laughs> that process has started, right? I, maybe Jim likes to talk about that a little bit more than you do. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Anybody might like right. to talk about it more. So, than I so do. what's going on with that? I mean, how, how without getting obviously too deep in the weeds talking about it, I mean, what does this look like right now when we're talking the county and budgeting? Well, first of all, it's really important, you know, despite my flippant, flippant comment there. But uh, this, so this is a big part of what we do. And we're just starting that process. And really, all I have is the kind of the high level mm -hmm. look right now because yeah. we're just starting. So what happens even as early as December and January, the departments and, and different elected offices start putting their budgets together and they start uh, looking at what will, what is to come, um, what we're looking at for the, you know, the, the, potential increases or if they need new staff, all these kinds of things. And we can start projecting what might be uh, some of the, the revenues coming in from the tax department and those kinds of things. So we can start to, to build those generalities around the budget about where kind of where we are compared to last year. And there was a lot of questions, you know, with the, with the COVID year, mm -hmm. are the revenues going to decrease, you know, with businesses having less income or some closing or folks selling homes. But you know what's happened to the real estate market so um you know that we really didn't have the impacts that we thought we were going to have in some areas other areas we did so anyway the budget begins its process now and uh we will start meeting next week actually in the preliminary budgets you know what are we looking at what are the forecasts um you know what are the um uh, the uh, annual cost of living potential increases that we have to consider and then uh we'll start through meeting with each department and each office, uh, elected office and their budgets and, and looking at them specifically and how they match up with the forecasts and what their needs are. You know, every we're growing. So, you know, geez, we've, we've had needs in the county attorney's office. We've had needs in planning. We've had needs in IT. You know, so there's, there's uh, when the community grows, government has to grow to continue sure. to provide the same level of service. So um, it, it's just a natural thing that if we want to maintain that level of service or do better we have to we have to uh, yeah make well sure and then adding i guess a line item to all the budgeting is uh, i mean the the covid relief funds right. and, and we don't even necessarily necessarily know what those are going to be or what what that's going to look like do we I mean, right. some of them, I guess, we do already, but right, no, it's coming together, but it we still have a lot of unknowns. So um, it looks like our county is going to get somewhere around thirteen point five million in this latest recovery bill that is coming out. Um, but what we've only received are kind of the generalities. We're looking at the specifics now that the, some of the rules are coming out now. But uh, the generalities are: you can use it for infrastructure, you can use it for. Uh, specific COVID relief things um, like money you spent to respond to COVID, those kinds right. of things. So we have all these broad categories, but 
we have to now go, well, what does that mean? You know, if we want to do infrastructure, does that mean we contract these out? We do it ourselves. Uh, can we use other grant money to augment it? Can we partner with, you know, the community? So how we spend these monies spe specifically and then also how we track the spending of those monies is still, there's some questions around that. So we're going to be looking uh, to the community to, you know, give us some feedback as well about things that they think we should be looking at. But, of course, this money is is intended to respond to the economic and um, housing downturns, you know, with with uh, mm. from COVID, you yeah. know, in terms of affordable housing, those kinds of things, and and, and uh, the economic impacts as well as infrastructure impacts. Lewis and Clark County Commissioner Andy Hunthausen with us on Coffee Break this morning. We've got about five minutes left with him, and you were mentioning during the break, I want to make sure that uh, we get it out there because I, I think it is important we reported uh, this morning uh, on uh, Montana's Morning News about, uh, unfortunately, all of the uh, the graffiti and the vandalism that happened uh, around town over the weekend. We talked about it yesterday, and it sounds like some uh, you had some impacts as well. We did. Yeah, we did. Um, so uh, very unfortunate that this happened in our community, very sad and uh, disappointing. But the county infrastructure was also uh, defaced. We had uh, 15 to 20 signs that we know of so far that have had the same markings that were on the cathedral, those kinds of things. So we're assuming it's the same mm -hmm. folks that that did that and uh, ruined some signs. We're going to have to replace a bunch of signs. And, you know, that just costs the taxpayer money. Yeah. And uh, this is something that, uh, you know, isn't good for anyone. And so I'm hoping that folks uh, just encourage people, you know, if you see something, say something, you know, any any tips that could come in about who did this and what they saw or just anything, you know, a color of a vehicle might even right. help. So, yeah. uh, but that's really important. And, you know, our public works folks are working their tails off. They're getting into the full uh, season of Yeah, grade. this is when they're really yeah, busy. Yeah, this is when they're really busy. Grading, potholes, you know, uh, our projects start. We have projects all over the all over the county, and so to pull people off to deal with graffiti and replacing signs and having new signs made and spending a bunch of money that we could have spent on your neighborhood or a road in our in our county that uh, is unnecessary. So um, I'm hoping that uh, folks will wise up around those kinds of things, and then other folks that are uh, doing the right thing will see something and say something. Yeah, well, and, and we've got just a, a few minutes left, and I suppose it's related and worth also pointing out in our last uh, last little bit of time is uh, we've talked with Sheriff Dutton, and there's some issues uh, up in the North Hills as well, um, you know, with the, with the BLM land up there, uh, everything from people dumping stuff up there to uh, leaving, there, there are at least half a dozen fires that had to be responded to that were left unattended, and a couple started to actually spread into the vegetation up there. Right. You know, you, you'd think we'd be cognizant, at least in that area, of, uh, you know, hey, maybe we should make sure our campfire's out. Uh, but people are being, unfortunately, irresponsible up there in the North Hills as well. Right, right. And, uh, you know, I'll say it this way. Most people, most of the time, do the right thing and make good decisions, and they respect those around them. They respect, uh, you know, the... Uh, the rules, the signs, the laws, uh, most people do that all the, uh, most mm -hmm. of the time. Uh, but there is a percentage of folks that just don't, and it's really disappointing. And in that area, we've had, like you said, you know, these uh, fires that have been left unattended as well as junk, garbage. Yeah. And a lot of, uh, a lot of folks being disrespectful and, and unnecessarily, uh, you know, being wasteful in the yeah. area. And there's a lot of, uh, actually, uh, people are shooting at stuff up there that they don't need to be shooting at as well. Right. Um, you know, at least at this point, I don't think they've been shooting at explosive ordnance, which I guess is 
one step towards sanity up there. But they're shooting at uh, they they replaced the power poles up there because those were getting shot through with metal poles. But now people are shooting at the metal poles, which yeah. is not a good idea. And uh, the the biggest I, I think the biggest uh, problem is they're shooting through the signs up there, like the billboard signs. And w- what makes it worse is they have to shoot from uh, atop a hill coming down the way that they're doing it. And that means that those shots are going through that sign and across the parking lot area. Right. Which, and again, like you said, I mean, 98%, maybe more than that, you know, responsible gun owners and uh, responsible recreationists. But there's a small number up there doing some stuff that's not safe. Right. And I mean, I, I, I guess at, at what point does the county start to talk with BLM about what do we do about this? So we have been in conversations and, you know, again, the sheriff has led that uh, in terms of enforcement. And so we're doing more patrols up there, trying to partner with them. You know, they have a really limited staff for uh, law enforcement. Um, but what would be bad is if BLM had to say, well, we're going to have to change our rules and our activities there. So maybe no more shooting or, you know, limited hours or put a gate up and closed yeah. after, you know, I mean, we'd hate to have that happen on public land. So it's been wide open for folks to to do a lot of things and mixed activities there. And so we're hoping it continues, you know, and it just doesn't make any sense for someone to bring a washing machine up, dump it there right. and then shoot it full of holes and leave it. I mean, it just, how, how is that respecting our community or public lands in any way? It just it really saddens me. And then those signs, you know, they get replaced every few years, and they're they're expensive. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're paid for by the taxpayer. And, you know, to have them just shot up. And then, like you said, boy, the, you can tell where they're shot from, that they cross where people might be in a pathway or might be parked. And it's really a, a scary thing. So please, again, if you see something, say something. And ask your neighbors and folks that you know to respect the the rules and regs so that we all can enjoy it. Yeah. Be a good Montana. You guys know how to do it. Andy Hunthausen, Lewis and Clark County Commissioner. Andy, uh, we're pretty much all out of time. It, it happens every time you come in. Yeah, we it's run been out. a pleasure. I appreciate you coming in. appreciate the work that you're doing. Uh, and you are meeting uh, in person. If people want to come and check out uh, the meetings, they can come and they can do that. So uh, check them out on uh, Lewis and Clark County's webpage. You can find out uh, minutes and when the meetings are happening. Um, but that's all the time we have for today. Andy, thanks so much. Thank you. I'm Troy Shockley, and that's it for Coffee Break today. Be sure to check us out on iTunes, head on over, give us a review there. That's always much appreciated. Or swing by coffeebreak959.podbean.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you back here tomorrow.